minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi, hello, sports fan. Another weekend of football action is just about upon us. We're going to break it all down for you. We got final few games of baseball. Maybe we'll have time for that as well. Here to do it with us as always, our main man from Boston, Massachusetts, big fancy showbiz writer now. On the other side of Sports America, it's Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? How was the week for you? Uh, well, let me put it this way. The only thing that saved me, as anyone who goes to our website can see, I guess it's public information how terrible I am at picking games. Uh, the only thing that saved me from a truly apocalyptic gambling weekend was Medvedev. I did, I, I the only thing I didn't watch I watched everything. I watched all my other. Yeah, I watched all my other losing bets lose, but um, I, I was I I caught just enough tennis to go. Okay, so he's twenty seven and zero in Grand Slam tournaments. If he wins this match, he'll win the calendar Grand Slam and break a three way tie with Federer. And no way. I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't. Whatever Medvedev is. It's too much. It's too much. So I got Medvedev a two to one, and that that paid off. The fucking execrable Titans. That was my lock. The Titans. That's my one. I want to. We'll get the Hench's mulligan here. Spaghetti and I already took our mulligans earlier in the week. We asked our pal Nick Costos, who joined us. I feel like golf gets mulligans after the first go around. Why shouldn't we? Uh, football gamblers. So everybody gets a mulligan. Mine was Tennessee to get the number one seed in the AFC. That's a bad loss to take if you want to wind up at the top of that Ooh. brutal uh, conference. So we'll get into that also. Home Mentioning Eddie Spaghetti. Home. Eddie Spaghetti's along for the ride. Eddie Spaghetti also has a brand new show here on Extra Points. Waiver Wire, or I should say, he's now in there with Jen Piacente answering all of your fantasy football questions. Make sure you hit him and uh, Jen Piacente out streaming live every Wednesday. Nice first go around there, Eddie Spaghetti. The arrow is pointed up on that. Hench mentioned Extra Oh. You know, I'm not. I'm not uh, accusing uh, Jen and Spaghetti of of doing this. I know they're they're better than this, but it always drives me crazy, especially you know, twelve team leagues where you're like, they go, "Hey, uh, you should pick up so and so," and it's like, "What are you in a four team exactly, right. league? That guy's not available." Like, well, of course, I everyone would pick him up. He's not Precisely. available. By the way, Elijah Mitchell owned owned in the twelve team league that you don't want to hear about owned on draft night. Well, I believe me, my 10 team league, the one that uh, you got kicked out of um, for one year, though, you'll be back in all likelihood. Um, uh, Damashek. It'll be the blink of an eye. It'll be the blink of an eye. We won't even remember the Delta variant. We'll be on the Lambda (laughs) variant by the time I'm back. Back in the league. Well, Dr. Minaj is on it. It's a, I, I, this this uh, virus doesn't stand a chance. It'll be over in a fortnight. Um, but yes, I uh, the dynasty, the general manager of the Cool Cats dynasty aired week one. Didn't start Dak, did start Matt Ryan. That was the difference. Sports guy Bill Simmons coming up in the crosshairs week two. I would not want to be on the end of that one because now the Cool Cats are angry. And they're going to come out and take it out on uh, the double deuce squad this hey. weekend. Can I just say, can I just say, as I, as someone who scored 50 points in week one because Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback and uh, I had an invisible tight end, the Dolphins tight end is, is invisible apparently, but 
So I, I literally scored 57 points in a PPR league. Like it's almost it's almost impossible to do. But when you get two points from your quarterback, you're well on your way. Still, losing by 80 or 90 or whatever, however horribly Sal destroyed me in week one. I was favored, by the way, on the guru. I was favored, lost by 90. Um, <laughs> Simmons, Simmons lost week one. Because he got too clever by half on draft night, and he took Quinn Nordine uh, of the uh, Pats. Nordine like sprayed kicks all over the preseason. I'm like, I know when he took him. I was like, I was unaware. I'm like, did he win the job? Like, I wasn't sure about that. And then Nick Folk came out and kicked for the Patriots, and he he lost. Too cute indeed. That's not a position. Are the Patriots going to be an offensive juggernaut and have their kicker putting up a lot of points? Of course not. That's a weird move. Eddie Spaghetti's team playing on Thursday night, depending on when you're listening to it. Um, It already may be in the rearview mirror, but you know what? No jive. You can hear our pick now, and if I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. I'm going with uh, the team that plays in our nation's capital, Washington, minus the three and a half and the under on that hench. How say you? I I also uh, like what WFT um, and, you know, I liked them in week one, too. And it's like, it, you know, Gibson fumbles inside his five yard line. <laughs> you know, these these the, the Patriots lose on a horrendous fumble inside the opponent's 10 yard line. The Washington football team loses on a horrendous fumble inside their own five yard line. Uh, there were some rough losses. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you know, the Cowboys. uh if Zerline makes the early chip shot, right? <laughs> you know, they, like they, there were just some backbreaking losses. Uh, I I still believe in in the Washington football team, um, although I'm not sure my Terry McLaurin has a ton of value with Heineken back there tossing it around. I but, didn't realize uh, he's named that, after that the, the beer. Thing. I wasn't. He, he he's an yeah. heir to that the beer the throne. Like, you're like. I kept McLaurin in my keeper league. You should try that, Shaq. Keeper leagues are awesome. Um, I kept him, and part you know part of it was he's he's going to get more TDs with Fitzmagic. Uh, Fitzmagic ended. By the way, could there be a more elderly injury than like <laughs> I fall in and I can't get up? I have a hip injury. Like I hadn't thought about that. It's magic lying there. It was so it's tragic uh, as 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 Taylor Taylor Heineke came running in. But um, yeah, I like I like the Washington football team. I'd love for them to uh, come up with a new. That's why I'm not going to add so WFT them. I'm not going to fall into their trap. I'm not playing your game. You're Washington or DC until you come up with a name. That's what you're in a league. You don't get the these people who fancy Washington football. Oh, it sounds cool, doesn't it? No, not in the context of the NFL it does not. It's too far afield. Eddie Spaghetti looks like a ridiculous ass in his uh bucket giants hat there. He's going to look even sadder wearing it when when the final seconds tick off the clock and he drops to 0 and 2, a team about which he sang so many songs. Like I say, Hench, Spaghetti backed off though. To his credit, he said, I'm off the Giants now. I know they stink. In fact, he announced he quit sports because Notre Dame should have lost to Toledo and the Yankees are uh, are trying to scratch it out. Let's get into all of our picks here. And I think really the big news here, I mentioned Spaghetti's new show, excited about that one. A lot of good things cooking. Extrapoints.com is how you find the arcade. Three games up there 
to play for you, including an NFL pick them for week two. Eddie Spaghetti, what else is up there? There's an Emmy pick. Yeah, we have the uh, we have your, your typical NFL week two picks uh, up there. You could anyone could join. Sign up is totally free. There's also a prop quiz, also dealing with NFL, but it's NFL player props. Dave, you were a week's one winner, so congrats to you. you. And now because of the Emmys are this Sunday, you could also do an Emmy prop, which is the same exact style as our NFL prop quiz, but it's now a, a contest for the Emmys. So same kind of thing. So yes, three okay. different games you could sign up for free to play, and if you win, you get a free uh, golden extra points. Well, let's go edition. through them, but let me just say this to you. I, I tell you all the time, if Damashek gets ahead of this curve that I usually have to follow, I'm, I, again, I know maybe you're tired of hearing it. I'm like Neo or his girlfriend, which one or the other. I forget which one it is. Standing on that skyscraper rooftop. And they're like, oh, oh the bad guys are coming. Look out. Like, there's a helicopter. And he or she's like, I don't know how to fly a helicopter. And then they radio back to home base. And they're like, boop, 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 boop. And it's like, oh, now I know how to fly a helicopter. That's the first six weeks of the NFL season for Damashek. I'm like Neo. I'm just downloading the information now. But if I'm going to be hitting at this rate this early on, get on board. Let's get rich. FanDuel.com slash minus three, the word minus, the number three. And, of course, follow along all the fun at minus three pod. And if you're unsure about week two, it is people are talking, uh, are overreacting. Hench is exactly right. It's funny. That we're a week removed from that Thursday night game with the Cowboys. Zerline made me think, boy, that felt like that feels like about two and a half weeks ago now. That is so far in the rearview mirror for me. We react to whatever is immediate what immediately just happened. So now we're two down on the Ravens, or maybe we're rightly down on the Ravens with all the this uh, hard spate of injuries they have. Raiders on their way to Heinz Field for the renewal of a great AFC rivalry in Pittsburgh. So many games to choose from here. Hench, up! Ah, I almost jumped into football, but I do. I did say baseball. First of all, I hope everybody here watched our pal Sal's and Jimmy Kimmel's great four-part documentary on ESPN, Once Upon a Time in Queens. We'll uh, we'll get to that later on. To the here and now, though, Hench, there's a there's a a it it seems to me I was looking at uh, on FanDuel uh, just to see how if Otani, if, if Vlad Guerrero Jr. is catching up to Otani and how close the MVP race in the American League is, it remains insane. Otani is minus 7,000 and Vlad Jr. is plus 1,100. Vlad, Vlad Jr., I know Otani is having, you know, a, you know, a, a season for history, for, for the century. I get it. But I'm I'm weirdly so. Let, tell me what you think first of all about who you think should get it, and then and, and then uh, I'll take my turn. How say you, Hench? Well, um, it's interesting uh, because the historically they 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 wait going to the playoffs, right? And right. and the the, the Killer Jays uh, are going to make the playoffs, and so Vlad. Vlad could win the triple crown on a playoff team and lose the MVP to a guy whose team finished 15 games out of first place. So the argument for the people who always weight the playoff team above the the also ran is, well, that guy's contributions didn't result in the playoffs, so who cares what they did? Although we figured out war a little bit, and, and I so – I think Otani 
the historic nature of what Otani has done, um, obviously offensively, and then as a pitcher, merits winning MVP. But it should be close. And I feel like it's not going to be close. And and I want Vlad to to get the triple crown. He he needs RBIs. Um, but I, I think it'll be crazy 50 years from now. Where people are like, hold on. A guy on a playoff team won the triple crown and didn't win MVP. What happened? Well, let me tell you about a a, a weird Babe Ruth clone who uh who who pitched and 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 raked for a whole season. So I I would I'd still go Otani, but I agree with you. Now the reason those numbers are so skewed is because even though you and I know it should be closer, it does feel like it's settled law. I it's agree. just settled law. Right. Everybody declared it, including the baseball writers, have made their determination. And as we have learned with college football preseason polls, part of the human condition is self-validation. And so people who declared this is a, a historic season, the greatest in in baseball history or the fir- the greatest in 90 years of course, now would have a hard time convincing the man in the mirror to vote otherwise. That's that's exactly what it comes down to. But ultimately, and by the way, Vlad Jr. has to win the Triple Crown too. So it has the asterisk of actually do it. But yes, it is remarkable what Otani's doing. And it happened, you know, what when Babe Ruth was doing that is literally, I guess, 100 years ago when he was pitching and hitting. Although I, I'm, I'm unclear on, was he slugging? while dominating as a pitcher uh, the way I feel like I feel like and I should know this obviously but I feel like 29 dingers was Ruth's ceiling when he was still dominating okay as that's a that had to lead the lead and, though, then, at 29, and then right once he was once he was hitting 54 and 60 he was exclusively okay so it was but a I'm, long time I'm, ago I'm and so when happy to be corrected on that if I'm so wrong. okay as we like to do people the the young people uh, are victims of recency bias the olds um overly genuflect to what happened way long ago so okay a hundred years ago is a long time that babe ruth was doing that and now we have some kid in 2021 doing it again you know what else was a long time ago winning triple crowns i know miggy got it in whatever year that was 20 what was that like about eight to nine years ago that he got it but before that you know yaz getting it and then Frank when Frank Robinson in 69 and Yaz in 70, if I remember correctly. I stopped paying attention after Al Rosen did it in 53. Okay, good. I thought it cheapened it. I thought it cheapened but it. But it's, it's not like triple crowns are, are uh, growing on trees. It's not like they're like, well, yeah, 40 or 50 guys have well, done it. It's not, like, it's not a, it's not a common it. occurrence either. That's historic. And wait, here's the other thing about Vlad Jr. If he were to actually do it. As it stands right now, He's not just tracking towards, he has to catch up a little bit in RBIs, but he's first in home runs and batting average, not just in the American League, in baseball. What if, it, what if he wins the Triple Crown for all baseball players? Then how can you well, not give it to him when his team is also in the postseason? Here's another interesting way to look at this that nobody's talking about. Okay, so the reason Vlad has caught like has reeled in Otani in home runs like he was a ways back and he's reeled him in and passed him is because Otani has hit a wall and everyone kind of has been saying even though he's a a freak of nature this this 
working two full-time jobs is going to make you tired, your legs, your body, your, you, you know, can you do it for the long haul? Now imagine if the Angels were actual contenders and Otani had hit this wall when they were three games in front of the Astros and that they were now five games behind the Astros because their superstar hit the wall. But instead, he pays no penalty because the Angels have not been in contention so at all. True. So it's purely, it's purely a, a beauty pageant. It's there's no, there's no actual real world. What did these numbers mean for the so Angels? Right. They meant nothing. Because Trout got hurt and the season was over. And so they've been going through the motions. And whereas Vlad has been carrying his team from, from out of the playoffs into the playoffs, Vlad's numbers couldn't be more meaningful. And yet, and yet here we are, minus 7,000. Well, I also, also, just one more thing. I think mean, we have football to talk about, not this jive. We, we we thanked baseball season already a week ago, and we said we'd revisit it next year. But run I'll, along, run along. Baseball well, we'll season, I, I do want to quickly say that's exactly right. Hench, you're a hundred. Like, oh, it's an individual sport cloaked. You don't have to say that's exactly right when I get done talking. Touche. Everybody that's, understands that's built in. I know. Unless I make unless I'm making it. I know. I'm pick. usually so economical exactly with my wrong. words. You're right. I should uh, I should uh, get back to my lean phrasing. Um, yes, the. I, I get it, everybody. You don't have to drop me a line. You don't understand baseball. One guy, it's a, it's an individual uh, sport that is hidden away by uh, being in a lineup and on a team. You know, yeah, I get all that. What Hench just said is exactly right. Otani is liberated from, uh, from, from the pressure of a pennant race so he can just go out there and, and, and rake without, like we say, to connect it back to the sport you mentioned a minute ago, Joker lost why do you suppose do you think the curse is supposed to maybe added a little extra weight when he was trying to make service maybe i think that's exactly right spoke when you're supposed to do it or when everybody's looking at you otani do it now like hey if you don't hit a home run here we lose a valuable game in the standings with only a dozen left to play spaghetti break the tie who's right i say vlad jr if he gets why, if, why do you if he gets the triple crown he has wrong, to Dave. get it no, I totally incredibly wrong. Uh, How can anybody be incredibly wrong incredibly on this? Because because he's not only he's playing he has to worry about batting, fielding, and pitching. And his body as the season goes on is getting tired out from pitching alone. Like these pitchers are so coddled in today's age, and he's like literally wearing and tearing his body. But he's also their team's best hitter. So it's like to put it in NFL terms. So there's two receivers who have you know over 100 catches, over a thousand, uh, thousand receiving yards, and let's say you know 10 plus touchdown passes. But one also plays Pro Bowl level cornerback. Why wouldn't you just? That's the better player. Like he's doing more for his team. He's clearly it's, it hasn't been done. And like you said earlier, all the writers. I don't really agree with most of the the BBWAA. They're pretty lost when it comes to this kind of stuff. But uh, of course, their votes are in. Everyone's in love with Otani. He's made the sport fun again for at least a little bit of a stretch when baseball was suffering. He's he's by far the MVP and he deserves it. And plus, Vlad will get his share. Like I'm not worried about that Vlad. I hate I hate when people do that. 
that's how the Oscars or whatever. Like, it's Ryan. Oh, Scorsese will get his eventually. Like, what are we talking? He'll will, get it eventually. Is is the why, is, why are you getting like why do you hate Otani? I don't for, hate. Like, him. I, I hate. I just think it's crazy that that he, one guy plays like what, uh, he, mediocre defense. I'm bemused he, like, by. Know, it doesn't matter. I'm bemused by the odds on the two guys. That's what I'm. That's saying. that's where that's I am. I, I would vote for Otani, but I, I can't believe that there's such a big gap. But as as Eddie Spaghetti was talking, it put me in mind of like this would be the grimmest porn selection on the menu. BBWAA. It's chunky, chubby <laughs> sports writers. This is nobody's fetish. Shouldn't they? BBWAA. Is that why they're gonna, is that why they're not going to vote for Vlad Jr. the the because he's a little chubby. Well, no, because yeah, you. That's what they say. What What do you hate most is is what you in other people is what you see in yourself. See in and Vlad Jr. Is doing some nice stuff for jumbo sized uh, jumbo sized human beings. I admire him for that personally. All right, shall we dig in on our best bets here, fellas? By the way, I gave you out a nice winner on Wednesday's extra points. Welcome Martin Weiss to the Extra Points podcast. I said uh, a nice parlay for you that came through. I told you the Dodgers are going to catch the Giants. I said Padres over the Giants on the money line. Dodgers over the Snakes. Same thing paid out uh, with the uh, with the uh, plus money for you. So congratulations. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to me. But that's in the rearview mirror. Hench, get us going. Best bets for the weekend. Um, okay. It's so funny you mentioned, like, I, I've i been so convinced uh, all summer that the, the Dodgers have a super team. They're going to reel in the Giants. Like, the rosters are not comparable. So I have bet a lot of parlays against the Giants on the Dodgers, like where I'm like parlaying the Do- the Giants have to lose some games here and the Dodgers are going to win, obviously, the vast majority of their games. So so I'm going to get this nice return. But unlike you who timed it right Wednesday night, I haven't been able to time it. Like the Giants win so much. I'm like, don't you understand you have to finish five games behind this super team? And they're like, not necessarily. We win almost every night too. So so that is a long-term gambling theory that I can officially say has failed. Betting against the Giants on their way to 100 wins. Um, but uh, let's move to football. Okay, so my three best bets. Again, coming off a red-hot week. I don't know if I was at 30% or 33%, but I was hot. Um, the Patriots- You want me to tell you? Week one, no, I Damashek know. nine knows. and six- yeah. Spaghetti Everyone eight knows. and seven, Hench five and ten. Oh, five and ten. Oof. Double digits losses. It won't be the last time this year. I guarantee it. Uh, I can call that home base, and I get in touch with I'm Neo. After all, I can help you. You out. can. You can. I mean, you can fade me. You can be like, okay, I've got good. the greatest inside information. <laughs> this idiot Hench picks games, and I go against him, and I'm rich. So, okay. The Patriots had 393 total yards against the Dolphins. The Dolphins had 259. I mean, that's an ass kicking. 393, 259. What happens? Ramondre Stevenson fumbles early in the game. Damian Harris tragically fumbles late in the game when they're on, you know, on the precipice of, of kicking, <laughs> kicking the game when you go ahead field goal. Uh, and they have three personal fouls, including Judon. Welcome. Hey, we don't get personal fouls. Patriots. We, we had 20 years of never losing a game on a fumble or a fucking stupid personal foul. And then it's like, hey, the new Patriot way is lots of personal fouls and fumbles. Well, this sucks. 
this is not, this is no good. But, but the Patriots fairly dominated that game. They should have won that game. Uh, I was also, I had the Jets. The Jets were on the, the big, the big screen with all the other games. And I, and I know they made an, an, a nice little comeback. They didn't beat the spread uh, against the Panthers, but they lost their best player. Beckton is their best player. And so the Patriots giving five and a half is too low. I mean, if you, it, unless you think the Patriots coming off that game are not good, then Mac Jones is not the answer. That number's too low. I like the Patriots minus five and a half against the Jets. Interesting. And Sal told me, I didn't look at it on Sunday night. He mentioned that it opened at three and a half. What? I guess that's I guess that's to get the Jets in on it, right? Or get the Jets um, fans in on it. That seems, I mean, I think five and a half is low. I think we could be looking at a butt fumble level scoreline in that game. Uh, I'm not sure exactly I, I, yeah. what would give you confidence in the Jets, exactly to your point, yeah. with the pass you rush, the, the reconstituted... Uh, Patriots pass rush against the Jets O line that, as you say, just lost yeah. lost their anchor. Very strange. Um, okay, in the, so so the Patriots got a bad result. You know, kind of an unlucky result opening day, which means that the Dolphins got kind of a lucky result. And now the Dolphins are going to host an angry Bills team. I mean, you know, uh, your Steelers hat tip. They they play that defense played fantastic, but I don't I don't think even though even though the Dolphins are solid, I don't think um, they're as good defensively as the, your Steelers. And I think uh, the Bills are going to reassert themselves minus three and a half. You know the Bills are not opening the season zero two. I, I don't believe it, and so uh, I, I will take I will take the Bills. Minus three and a half. And again, where's my red challenge flag? It's my first throw of the season. Spaghetti, I'm throwing it. I'm taking the Dolphins in this one. I think that maybe the Dolphins, we've been waiting for this to arrive. Bill O'Brien didn't work out. Josh McDaniels didn't work out. Matt Patricia, Romeo Cornell, Brian Flores so far is the closest thing to the person at, at whose knee he learned. Maybe finally. The Belichick coaching tree is yielding fruit down in, in uh, South Florida. Maybe they win ugly. Maybe that's the way they're going to do it with Tua. And they're just not going to make as many mistakes against who they're playing. And I do think that Flores understands, as a Belichick disciple, as anybody who's paying attention at any point, go not just to 2-0. But 2-0 in the division and knocking the Patriots down with a loss and then handing the Bills one, you're all of a sudden in mid-September in a very juicy spot with that nice piece of fruit that uh, Belichick grew. I don't, I'm losing my way. You understand what I'm saying? I do agree that, that, that Flores seems most most cut out of the mold of, of the legend. Um that said, I, I I just don't I don't think Josh Allen's going to lay two turns in a row. But you know, I don't think he really won. did. He missed a he missed a wide open Emmanuel Sanders early, and that would have changed the game uh, dramatically. But um, you know, practical matchups for as deep as you want to look into those. Xavier Howard um, and and or Byron Jones, you know, lining up with Stephon Diggs if you assume that that's a pretty nice duo that can take away your number one option, much like the Patriots like to do to an opposing offense. That 
again, hamstrings what the Bills want to do. You saw the Steelers do that to Diggs, and they put up 16 points to the Bills in week one. Why couldn't the Dolphins do that? By the way, where it's going to be hot and humid. You think Buffalo, again, I don't know if it matters or not, but do you think that that's desirable for the team that's been practicing up in Buffalo to get on a plane and fly down to South Beach? That's not particularly good. Well, what do you think? It's been 20 below zero? No, no, it's just hotter. It's hotter down there. How cold do you think it is in Buffalo? I don't know. I assume it's like going from uh, from uh, Rio right. down to, to, you know, well, the equator. I can't, say I, hope, I can't say I hope you're right, although for looking at it from the Patriots' point of view, it might be good if the Bills were 0-2. But uh, I'll, I'll give the points there. And then my third pick, uh, I'll take some points for the first time uh, – Cowboys plus three and a half against against the Chargers hmm. uh, out here in L.A. Um, I was very impressed by the Cowboys uh, on Thursday night against that that defense that destroyed Patrick Mahomes. And um, a, a little birdie told me that uh, Tony Romo is is very impressed with that that Dallas offense. Oh. And so uh, I. I even though their their defense is is not there and they lost Lawrence for a couple of months, uh, I, I still think Dak wins that shootout. Uh, I like the Cowboys My, uh, plus three and a half. I don't if fifty five and a half is so high that it's hard to throw that out. But if I had to, I would say over fifty five and a half. I love uh, that. I like that over. A lot too. I love the Chargers defense, but you're right. I think this one tracks to being a shootout. And by the way, is it your little birdie, does he have? A, is he gassy? Yes, a gassy okay, bird. I, I had a I had a hunch. I was. I, I'll, I'll say no more. I'm not going to reveal your source or anything. Is that it, Hench? Those are your best bets. Those are my best bets. Hit it, spaghetti. Okay, I'm going to give you guys. Can you talk two with that thing tied under your chin like that? You look ridiculous. I'm keeping it secure. You look just I ridiculous. Well, I, I, I'm doing what I need to do to help my team win because if they don't win, it's going to be uh, it, the season's over, and uh, this is one of their winnable games. Okay. So, uh, anyway, to give you my picks, <clears throat> like I said, one college game, two pro games. I want to start with this one. I like the Bengals uh, getting a point and a half here. Um, you know. The, the Bears are, to me, a worse team than the Vikings, and the, obviously the Bengals won that game. The, the Bears' past defense is atrocious. The Rams lit them up. I think uh, I read something that the Cooper Cup deep pass was the most wide-open person in, like, decades uh, in an NFL game. I just don't like their past defense at all. Their Bengals have some options, and Joe Mixon had an awesome game, too, over 100 yards, and he can catch the ball to the backfield as well. The one person on that offense who you could argue isn't necessarily right yet it's probably Joe Burrow from coming off his injury. And once he gets back in the groove of things, and he looked pretty good last week, so I like the Bengals to win that game. I don't think the Bears are going to be very good at all, which actually is great for the Giants. Um, the other game I like are the Rams, uh, minus three and a half here. They're playing the Colts. The Seahawks defensive line was awesome versus the Colts offensive line. Obviously, we saw all of Russ's big, long, deep throws. Their pass defense is also pretty bad, and it seems like Stafford and McVay have this thing going. You, had, you know, Cooper Cup, Bobby Trees, great options of receiver. Higby was getting involved. And, and plus, you're going to put Jalen Ramsey on probably Pittman, and there's not many good options there with T.Y. Hilton injured. So I don't really love the Colts offense in this game. And, you know, obviously facing Aaron Donald in that defensive line for the Rams is not going to be Fun either, so I like the Rams to win this one. I guess they are going to be one of those upper, uh, echelon teams. And my last pick, the college pick, probably 
the biggest or one of the biggest games of this weekend is uh, Penn State Auburn. I like Penn State minus right now. It's at minus five and a half. Uh, it's the whiteout game. They are home. Bo Nix only throws the bulk of his interceptions on the road. Auburn has not traveled to a Big Ten road game in like nine decades. Um, they played Alabama State and they played Akron. I'm not entirely in love with their schedule. I know they scored a bunch of points. I think they're leading the nation, but those aren't teams that you know that matter really in the grand scheme of things. Meanwhile, I am impressed with Penn State's win, obviously, versus Wisconsin, so I think they'll be geared up for this game. Sean Clifford has been playing better for them as well, and I think the home field does matter. If this is a neutral site, I could be convinced otherwise, but I think Auburn's a, a team that was and this is something that you, Dave, you've brought up a bunch is preseason polls. They like certain teams that give them this number. I don't know what their preseason top 25 poll really reflects, and they haven't really faced anyone yet. And I think this is their first real test. I think Auburn will lose this game, and, and Penn State may be for real uh, potentially to, to win this Big Ten title. Here comes the red challenge flag again. It's Auburn. They're going to go up there. A few reasons why. I like actually getting a couple of patsies to get all warmed up for a varsity team like Penn State. Penn State, conversely, is already into the thick of it. How many Saturdays in a row can a bunch of 19-year-olds get up for big-time games? They've already had to do it. They're in the middle of it. This is a, a weird spot for them, especially with all the rumors around James Franklin. Imagine you go to college, you're an 18-year-old kid, and your head coach like, yeah, I might move across the country. Like, I don't know. Like, well, I don't know about USC. That's got to spook you a little bit. That's got to be a factor at minimum. James Franklin has been a little distracted this week. And the players, at least, are wringing their hands ex for exactly what I've been saying. I lament that Penn State isn't ahead of, Ohio, ahead of Ohio State in the standings. But when you're Penn State and you're getting caught up in like, we're getting disrespected, I think you get got. I think you I think you get too distracted by that jive and don't focus on Auburn, an SEC team that's not as good as Bama or Georgia, but is still plenty good. I like Auburn to win that game. Um, I'm going to give you a, a three-team teaser. I, I, I visited a birdie. A gassy birdie. I wonder if it's the same one. I, I kibitzed with this birdie about this. I hate... Gassy birds. I hate, that's our video game. I gassy hate, birds. <laughs> I, I can't stand double-digit spreads in the NFL, especially this early on, as though anyone could divine that that team is that much better than another pro football team, except that then you start to go with them. The Browns are at home against the Texans, laying 12 and a half. The Bucks are... Uh, at home against Atlanta, laying 12 and a half. The Packers are at home, laying 11 and a half. You tease that up to 10 points across the board. All right, the payout isn't great, but where is that coming up short? If you tease it to the Browns at two and a half, Bucks two and a half, Packers at, at one and a half, a three-way teaser. That'll be fun. I can't imagine how that's not a winner, right? Who's going who's gonna to let down? Which leg of those possibly could let down? The answer is zero, right, right Hench? Someone would have to lose at home to a crappy team. Right. Um, I'll, you know, I, I, I do like uh, uh, that teaser, although uh, in my illustrious history, I cannot recall a three-team teaser that came in. So also um, God, Godspeed. Uh, real quick before you continue, um, on, on Spaghetti's Bears-Bengals pick, it, you know, on the surface, you're like, the Bears went into L.A. and got blown out. I watched that game. They had 24 first downs. Like, I'm like, they moved the ball at will against this Rams defense. David Montgomery was just ripping off huge chunks. I, you know, it was only Dalton's limitations the closer they got to the goal line that kept that from being being a good game. Um, so I actually, 
<laughs> it's weird that you watch a 20-point blowout and go, the winner isn't as good as I thought and the loser's not as bad as I thought. But I feel like the Bears are are going to beat the Bengals uh, uh, in, in Chicago. Well, I just I, – I kind of – I, I could see the Bungles not being an atrocity this season. Um, but to your point, like with the, with the Bills, they're angry or whatever. I just think you at some, you know, even going into week two, even with a, a, an extra game this season, 0-2 sucks. Like that's a real, that, that's a bad spot to drop into. I, and in the NFC North, you know, I don't know how much the Bears are, are you know, lucid about the what what the Packers did in week one or anything but nevertheless Bears at home against this the season isn't over but I the, the only thing that would that that spooks me and that's why it's ultimately a stay away game for me is the guys in the locker room have to be like what what the hell why would you start Andy why would you start this guy, Andy, when we have this this other kid? I could see there being cross feelings and maybe even I don't think people lose on purpose. That's a, talk to a professional athlete about like, yeah, don't try on a football field like that. That's not a possibility that you're like, I'm not going to try hard today. But I could see them being a little vexed by that and that being the reason that the Bengals go in there and knock them off. And the Bengals are a feel good story early on um, in week two. And now I think that oh and the other one i'm sorry i'm with hench 100 percent i love the over in um in that chargers cowboys game it's a big number to to begin with i say still not big enough take the over in that one that's going to be a fun game to look at um one time america's team maybe the chargers by i don't know mid-october so when i announce this year's america's team may, they may get the honor themselves we'll see how that goes in the meantime let's dive just a little bit deeper with a same game parlay here you know FanDuel sportsbook wants you to get the most out of not just the season out of every game every play that's why they're giving everyone a ten dollar risk-free bet every week all you have to do is bet a same game parlay with three legs or more. And if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel's going to pay you back up to $10. We love FanDuel for many reasons, the quick payouts, fun bets like this one. And I think we should dig in with a same game parlay on the game, the Steelers, the Raiders. It's a rivalry for the ages. It was back in the 70s. It still is now, or maybe it will emerge as one with good play from these two teams. Eddie Spaghetti. I'm going to give you one. I say Najee Harris over 71 and a half yards. Then Derek Carr, who you figure is going to be running some away from the pass rush, he's going to go over six and a half rush yards. If all he has to do is have one good run, he's going to get over that. And then lastly, I like the money line for the Steelers. Uh, where should we go there? Yeah, you can you can throw the Steelers in there, and you get a nice payout on that uh, on that same game parlay. So I think that's it. Steelers on the money line, Najee and Derek Carr combined to uh, to go over their rush totals. How say you, Spaghetti? And your money line for the Steelers is uh, minus two sixty there. Uh, so for my three leg uh, same game parlay for this game, I like Derek Carr under passing yards two sixty three and a half. Uh, it's minus one fourteen on FanDuel.com slash minus three. I just think number one. I I think Derek Carr, from what we saw in that last game, the the crazy Monday night game, he a lot of a lot of balls got away from him, and I'm afraid the Steelers defense will pick him off, which means less drives for Derek Carr. And I also think the Steelers defense is that much better than a lot of defenses in the NFL. In fact, most defenses in the NFL. So I don't think he's going to have 
uh, a humongous passing day. But what I do like in the over is Henry Ruggs uh, over 36 and a half. He only had two catches last game, but he had over 40 receiving yards in that game. I like him to get involved in the offense more, and I don't think he needs that many catches to get over 36 and a half. And then for uh, any time touchdown score, Darren Waller plus 130. I mean, arguably top two, top three tight end in the whole league. He's clearly Derek Carr's favorite target. He's going to get a lot of red zone looks. Plus 130 is a great number for Darren Waller. So add that to your uh, same game parlay there. There you have it. The important thing is that you bet along with us. Use the promo code minus three. It's the word minus the number three. FanDuel.com slash minus three is how you do it. Done, done, and done. Let's head over to extrapoints.com and go to the uh, Extra Points Arcade and see if we can blow through our picks here for week two in the NFL. Let's uh, easy peasy go with and let's pay a visit to Heinz Field, shall we? Las Vegas Raiders in town. Steelers lay in five and a half. Hench, start us off. How say you here? Wait, are you are you looking at our picks? Because I sent my picks yesterday. But no, I know I'm not looking at your picks. Okay. I didn't know if you were actually on the website. Oh, no, I'm not. The arcade. Okay. I'm not. So, I'm not. Um, you know, I watched that Monday night game. I mean, that game was surreal. Ravens Raiders was surreal. It was – I. I when you look at the bookend to week one in the NFL season, Cowboys Bucks on Thursday night, Ravens Raiders on Monday night. Uh, that's why there's no argument about what the best sports product in the world is. The NFL is unbelievable. The twists and turns in that overtime, uh, just incredible. And, and I loved it when Derek Carr, um, Gabe, you know, said that Zay Jones has never missed a 6 a.m. workout when he's like, you know, when he's like, hey, buddy, you want to get you want to get together at 6 a.m. and throw the ball around? He's like, I'm there. You know, it's like so even though uh, I thought the Leatherwood pick was a bad pick and it was because you could have gotten him later. And then he the false start moves you back to the five and you throw the pick and it's all coming undone. But I feel like that number is too high for mm. a dealer team that's going to play a lot of games like week one, right? That number's a little too high, uh, even though the Raiders are traveling across the country, but not as far, a little less far than they've So true. I, that, that didn't, hasn't that gone out there? Uh, that, that's uh, the stuff of the dodo bird, right? This like, well, if you play on Monday, you, you um, aren't as good the next week. We used to hear about that all the time, like a decade or two ago. It doesn't seem like that's relevant anymore. But yeah, I hear you on what you're saying. With uh, the, the number is awfully big for a team that put up 16 points in week one. Uh, don't forget that the Steelers get to 23 um, with a block punt and touchdown off of that. Yeah, I hear you. Um, the weird thing about that Monday night game, cause it's easy to get hyperbolic. What a crazy game, but for real, the, you see Brian Edwards on his knee about like 14 seconds in real time after, after, uh, he, Brian Edwards doesn't reach the end zone, but the celebration has begun already in Vegas. And, but you see the replay and then for like four or five more minutes, we're, we're like watching Derek Carr high five and good game, have a good season with everybody yeah. and everything else. Like, I, again, what the hell? What in the hell are we doing? Like no official. We everybody on the planet, except the people in that stadium knew what was going to happen. Nobody on the field. There's no official down there who is from New York or wherever. Again, like, hey, we're this game's not over yet. Like there's just 
carrying on, leaving the field. Well, remember, there is a very similar uh, marking. Uh, James White barely breaks the plane in overtime against the Falcons. That's right. And, and everyone's going berserk. And Brady is like, calm down. Brady's like, try, Brady's trying to call a play. Like Brady is so not celebrating because he's aware. Guys, it, we we could get, we could start disrobing and be told line up, you know, for third down. Um, and and so that was nuts that, that that all the congratulations were happening while we knew the game wasn't over. And then, by the way, they're on the four inch line. Derek Carr disappears into the phone booth. Now I know we can't see him because he's surrounded by twenty bodies, but he definitely went forward. His, he definitely that's so he's right. That ball. He's not carrying the ball on his back. The ball's in front of him, and the number four is on the goal line. So I know we can't see the ball, so we can't call it a touchdown, but do the math. The ball's in front of him. His ass is on the goal line. That was definitely a touchdown. But then everyone's like, okay, no problem, no problem. We got it. And put it on the two-inch line. Uh, And then Leatherwood flinches. Now you're at the five. And once it was at the five, you you knew you knew all hell was going to break loose like and so yeah oh, that throw. oh yeah what once i was just waiting for the jump and then that poor kid does it again um he he jumps but imagine being Derek Carr you're watching tape on Melvin Ingram, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Alex Highsmith and, and and on your side is that guy who keeps getting penalties i you know he's got to be scared i think you know here, here it comes now, the first announcement of the year um, from Dave, the Steelers fan, who gets scared about his team. I'm scared about the Steelers this week. I, I, they come If Vegas comes in there and knocks them off, that's going to be a gut punch. I'm going to be sick. This is People are now just starting to feel good. Like, maybe after all this offseason, we we, everybody told us our team was going to be no good and irrelevant, but we beat the Bills, and that was a great win. It would be a shame to lose so quickly. I'm scared. The one thing I'll do, I'm looking for it. Eddie Spaghetti, maybe you can help me out here. My eyes are so bad. I apologize. I think Najee Harris... Sight unseen, whatever his rush total is, take the over in that one. What he did against the Bills, who obviously sold out, which is what you're going to continue to see, I think the difference is against the Raiders, who ultimately are not a relevant team. Let's not get crazy because they beat the Ravens. The Ravens aren't good either because of all their injuries. And otherwise, as Damashek told you before the injuries, um, I think that, you know, the pass rush looked mighty for the Raiders, but if you sell out like that to get after seven, you're going to be able to run the ball a little bit. I think Najee Harris has a nice day. That's the only thing I'll say about the game. I, I Like I say, money line the Steelers, and that's as far as I'll go. I'm with you. Five and a half feels too heavy for a team that couldn't score in week one. Spaghetti, what's your pick on that game? For this game, I'm actually taking the Raiders and the points. Uh, sure. I know that there was a sloppy game from from Carr throwing the ball over. I mean, he he made a lot of what should have been easy completions, uh, incomplete passes, which is definitely a concern. But what I do love about them is they are taking shots, and uh, they have Henry Ruggs. Waller's arguably, I mean, I guess there's uh, Kelsey, but I'd, Waller's probably the second best tight end in the whole league. And now Brian Edwards is a guy who, on the broadcast, apparently they said the Raiders coaching staff was like, oh, yeah, Brian Edwards is better than Henry Ruggs. So it's great drafting Raiders with Leatherwood. And then uh, Furl is now uh, a healthy scratch. I mean, that's a mess what Mayock is doing there. But that being said, there are some weapons there. If Jacobs is healthy, I still like him as 
a running back, despite the fact that he can't really catch out of the backfield. But I don't know if the Steelers week one game was just an awesome performance. And they kind of put all their eggs in that basket. Uh, I think this game will tell a lot about both teams. The Steelers whip them, then they're for real. And I feel good about my Steelers prediction. And if the Raiders win, then it's like the AFC West is tougher than we think. But I, I do like the, the, the points. What are they getting? Ain't no big whippings. The Steelers ain't built to whip anybody except physically uh, with their pass rush. They're just not built to, you know, 40 uh, to 10 anybody. Um, but I do think it's a, it's a little underrated to ascribe it to like oh, the pass rush. Oh, their offense was terrible. That's a tough spot. That I mean, imagine that crowd in Buffalo away from the stadium for as long as they were. They were jacked up. They were excited. The Bills as an organization about their new pass rush and defense, their weak link last year. And, you know, by the second half, it was a lot better than the first half. And that matters for something when you have so many rookies out there in front of Roethlisberger trying to block for him. Um uh, yeah. The, the the other thing I'll say is the the undercovered fact. I know I, I I can go on and on about the Steelers, but the undercovered fact about the 2020 edition of of uh, the Black and Gold was that yes, Roethlisberger couldn't move. The offensive line was atrocious. The receivers were dropping the ball. All true, but the defense kept allowing big plays, which was bizarre. And unacceptable, if you're playing tight games, you can't allow big third downs and long plays. It, the early returns are that they didn't, they limited an explosive Bills offense. It, I think that with that pass rush, it really is hard for Derek Carr to pat the ball, the extra beat to throw it to Ruggs or to Edwards downfield. So I give a slight edge to the Steelers, and let's move on from there, or else I'll talk about it for another 20 minutes. Um, Hench goes Bears, Spaghetti goes Bengals. I'm going to go Bears uh, minus one and a half. I don't feel strongly about that one, though, either way. Is there any, we don't need to stop about the Texans, right? The Browns are going to whip them by two touchdowns at least. Correct, fellas? Correct. I, I'm taking the Texans with the points. Holy hell. I think people, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I like, I like the dog in this one. I, I think people and myself included, especially in week one versus the Jaguars. I don't know how I didn't see that coming, but I think people are kind of sleeping on Tyrod, Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I mean, Mark Ingram still has some juice left in the tank and Brandon cooks is arguably the most, uh, underrated receiver or I guess most disrespected like he's put a lot of solid seasons and no one puts his name in uh, the upper echelon and he had another great game I think you know they they have nothing left to lose that team like they know they're in this weird turmoil with obviously with Deshaun Watson on the bench not cut like it's a weird they, like, they also have nothing Houston, they also have but, nothing left to win on their schedule uh, either there's 16 listen, things I, I, I think I think game planning know it Spaghetti. Hear what you're saying. Well, I was just going to say quickly, I think game, game planning, knowing that Odell Beckham is out now, he was uh, out. I know he was out in week one, but that was announced a day or two before the game. This was now announced a long time before the game. So you can kind of, I don't love the Browns receivers outside of Odell. Jarvis Landry is not really a one anymore. Uh, I know the, they'll obviously try to stop the running uh, attack with with Hunt and Chubb there, but I, I think they could, I, you know, they'll lose the game, but I think they'll only lose. I bet you they'll try. I agree points. that they'll try to stop it. Whether or not they will is another matter. Yes, yeah. Hench. But when when the names you're invoking to make the argument on behalf of a team are Tyrod Taylor, Mark Ingram, and Brandon Cooks, you, you are talking about the 31st ranked guy at each one of those positions. Brandon Cooks made a catch in traffic against the Jags. It was his first contested catch of his career. If if Brandon Cooks was good, <laughs> the Patriots wouldn't have beaten the Rams in the Super Bowl. 
the, the best move the Patriots made was making sure Brandon Cooks was on the Rams for that game. Um, the, the, the Texans, that, that game, it wasn't that it, the, the aberrant part is not that, the, well, the Texans might be better than we thought. They're still going to be terrible. It's that the Jags have so much further to go than, than poor Urban Meyer wanted to believe. Um, they're, they're, or, or if the rumors are true, Herb is exacerbating the the bad stuff there in Jacksonville and ain't long for the job, which is just insane that people, you can hear the guy's name and be like, hey, you know what, uh, that coaching availability, the, the nice one in another place in football America, like, yeah, we should chase Herb. Like, ooh, that'd be good to get him. Like, he's coached one game in his new thing. Like, that's lunacy that you would be interested in somebody who it's plausible. Like, yeah, I could see him leaving after a game. What do you think? Then why would you go get him to do that? Very strange well, stuff. Well, because yeah, Urban Meyer is in, is in chapter one of the Nick Saban experience, which is like, it's brutal when the other guys have as good a players as your team. It's no fun. You know, what's fun is having the best four players at every position and then going and playing like it's an actual game. So Nick Saban, greatest minor league football coach of all time. Terrific. Congratulations. Uh, you you went to the show and and the door hits you on the way out. And the same thing's going to happen to Urban Meyer. Yeah. Much yeah, harder. It turns out much harder. It turn, turns out it's easier to push around emotionally, I mean, not uh, physically, I hope, but uh, yes, much easier to push around 19-year-olds than it is millionaire 26-year-olds. Um, yeah, I, I, I imagine Herb, all week I push around the Buckeyes and then we go play some Patsy and we whip them too. Life is good. Yeah, it's not as good when you're on the wrong end of that Herb, as it turns out. Also, Brandon Cooks, lovely guy. Uh, have kibitzed with Five him. out of seven seasons, 1,000 yards. I know. Five out of seven, 1,000 yards seasons. It's that. weird how much he's moved. But I, I, I asked him about is this. It weird? His mom was is trying to do him. Check. Is it weird how much he's moved? Is it weird? It's a lot. Uh, I mean, I mean. Exactly. Not. Because everybody who coaches him goes, why aren't you better? I know. Why aren't you better? You're faster than How, could, how much better could he be? He has five 1,000-yard receiving seasons. That's pretty damn good out of seven. He's only been in the league since 2014. That's real All good. Right. Well, I didn't know Sheck was friends with him. Now I feel bad. He's a lovely guy. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go we're, we're acquaintances. I had the opportunity to ask him if uh, his mom overthought like she was trying to make him special by being Brandon, but spelling it with an I instead of the standard O. And now he's devoted untold amounts of his life saying Brandon, but it's with an I, not with an O. And that adds up over time. And maybe that took time away from the playbook. And maybe that's why he's been traded so much. Anyway, I don't want to I don't want to um, worry too much right. about what Brandon pick Cooks up the pace, though. We, we can't on the on the on the good games. We can spend. You're right. Time. OK. okay. Does Rams Colts count as a good game? Yeah, or that's a good game. Rams smoke good game. All right. Tell us why. So how's this one going to go down there? Uh, Total on that 47 and a half Rams on the road in in the um, getting three and a half. Or I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, given three given and three and a half, and a half uh, uh, as I, as I did uh, uh, wisely in week one. Oh, Christ. I'm going to take the Colts and the points uh, in this one. Um, OK, OK. I just think the Colts, you know, I I mean, I I guess the quarterback's not very good in reality. I'll probably I could talk myself out of this. But uh, you know, the the Colts were really sound last year, and maybe Phillip Rivers is that much better than than Wentz, but um, you know, in all phases. So I again in a game that the Rams ended up winning by 20, I didn't think they looked that good. 
truthfully. Um, and I don't, and Cooper Cup's not going to be running 40 yards behind the Colts defense. So I like the points. Week to week, uh, you can transfer this stuff, and then sometimes it just evaporates. Uh, like uh, the Rams couldn't stop um, the the couldn't stop the run last week, so th- therefore Jonathan Taylor should get off. I don't know if that math works, but I hear you on that. Um, I'm going to take the Rams and the points here. I'm going to go with the the three and a half. I think that they're a legit team. You don't get Carson take, Wentz. You don't get to take the Rams and the points. I'm sorry, minus three and a half. Rams minus three and a half. All right, all right. There you go. There you go. Spaghetti, your uh, your thoughts? Well, I gave my Rams oh, yeah, on my yes, best bet, yes. so I'm okay. I'm, I'm pro I'm pro Rams, and I will say to what Hench is the pushback about how the Rams looked didn't Mc, didn't McVeigh like isn't his philosophy and I don't know how much rust factor this causes, but like he played the least amount of starters in the I don't think their starters played at all in the preseason, so I think that could have done something to that first week you know game versus okay. the Bears. That's fair. Break the tie in the AFC East battle down there in uh, in Miami. Dolphins at home getting three and a half. How say you, Spaghetti? Uh, for that game, I have the Dolphins as well uh, with the points. Uh, it's, you know, I picked the Dolphins to win the AFC, so I don't want to kind of budge from that. I'm not going to flip-flop. I like the Dolphins. I, I know they should have lost to the Patriots. Uh, I, I said that game was going to be a close one, and it was. This one, I'm not. I said the the Bills would kind of fall back a little bit to earth. I don't love their running attack. Like Zach Moss is supposed to be better than Singletary, and they scratched Zach Moss for the game. So now you're relying pretty much solely on Josh Allen to get the job done. Uh, I still think that uh, Miami's a team that it did improve greatly this offseason, and they're not they're not a finished product yet. They will be a better version of what they are in seasons from now. But I think that we'll have a solid season, and I like them getting the points. I still think another close game. It's a home dog. I'm telling like. you, Hench, it's been a thing we've been talking about, and the Vikings, the Bills, and the Ravens are these are these covid teams with big time players not doing it like i think that that really is for all the stuff five years ago four years whatever it was kaepernick is destroying team unity by taking a knee i think that this is a for real thing and if the bills go to oh and two things can get sideways fast in buffalo and the would-be magical season will evaporate on them we're both on the Patriots, uh, Hench. No reason, the Spaghetti, that you would take the Jets, right? You're not taking the Jets. We can move fast on that. You, you can move fast. Uh, I, I do have the Jets. Oh, you the took the Jets. Again, you did but, take the uh, Jets, right. All right. I liked what Zach Wilson Zach Wilson was great. I think you could argue that Zach Wilson, uh, you know, maybe Mac Jones had another good game too, but Zach but, Wilson had But the Panthers really good aren't flashes, great. The, the, Patriot, the Patriots have a real good well, game. Well, I think some people will kind of like the Panthers, and I and – I, I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not in love with the Patriots roster, and I think that the the Jets. I mean, Corey Davis was awesome again, which is a big thing. Yeah, the Mackay Becton injury does hurt, but you know that Zach wasn't going to throw the ball, and they're taking chances. And I think Sal will do what he can with an injury uh, injury real defense and try to you know get them up for the task. So if there's one guy that could do it. The last few seasons, it was a guy like Salah. I, I like them getting. What are they at? Five, our short, uh, extra point says five and a half at home. Uh, our thing, but uh, I like that amount of points. I think I think this will be a, a close one as well. Two of the best teams in the NFC this millennium. The Niners are at the Eagles. Eagles surprise with a pounding of the Falcons. Not that they beat them, but they whipped them. But good. The Niners um, go in there. I guess the QB thing continues now for another week. How say you there, Hench? Niners minus three in Philly. I, I, I've been. I've already been on both sides of this one. Like I, I, you know. <laughs> Are the you know could the Eagles possibly be as good as they looked in Atlanta? Are the Falcons terrible? Are the Niners uh, going to be dominant uh, like they were running up a twenty eight point lead, or are, do they have some weaknesses? 
as as they showed having uh, Jared Goff cover the late spread. It's funny if you got that game early, you covered. If you waited, you you didn't cover. But uh, I think I ended up on the home dog Eagles. Not nah, I don't feel strong about it. I, I stay away from me. But um, if uh, if I had to, I I guess I would I would take the home dog. Barely though. I'd go against you just on uh, pedigree, but yeah, you could easily talk me into the Eagles. Spaghetti, your pick? Niners in that game. I think the Eagles obviously crushed a, a Falcons team, which I think could be the worst team in the NFL, potentially. Uh, reversely, Shanahan, you know, it doesn't matter who is running back for him. It could be one of us three, and he, they're going to find a way to get that running back close to uh, 100 yards on the ground. It's insane. His blocking scheme, the O-line does a great job. It doesn't even matter that they're having issues with Brandon Ayuk at receiver and still putting Jimmy G at starter. I know Trey Lance did throw a touchdown pass. It doesn't matter. His offensive scheme is brilliant. It's they weird, right? I mean, I mean, I'm sure this is – I'm not the first guy to mention this, but it's like – it's weird that his name is most hurt. That his name is most hurt, and, <laughs> and everyone goes, well, I don't draft him. Why? Well, he's going to get hurt. He's the most hurt guy ever. The most. And then you go, well. Other guys get hurt, but no, no, he's the he's most. He's so fast. One of these years, he has to play 12 games. You're like, watch out. And then, and then you're like, and then we were watching because we have all the games on. So I see... I, see, I don't even know most hurt is already hurt. I just see a non I see a non most hurt guy blazing into the end zone. And I'm like, that's Trey Sermon. Right. And then everyone's like, no, that's someone else. And it it is weird to the interchangeability of it. Does it make no difference if it's Tevin Coleman or Elijah Mitchell or most hurt or or Sermon like I guess, and this is the point of why you take a running back in the seventh round instead of the first round. It's like, hey, what do you what do you run? A four three? Yeah, you know what a hole is. You understand what a hole is? Great, you're hired. <laughs> you have a kind of a big bum. Yeah. It's not real. It's not you know a real narrow bum because we'll put you on the oh you got a kind of a nice bum and you fast. Run yeah. into huge, you should play for one of the Shanahan. Can you run into huge right. open spaces fast? Okay, you're you're hired. You know. Yeah, yeah, that uh, they they still they still seem to be blowing the other team off the ball. All right, you know what? This is a fun one. And by the way, let's pick it up here, fellas. Uh, Hench is right. Let's, we did twenty eight minutes moving. on your Steelers. I was like, God, this is gonna be a fourteen hour podcast. Listen, that's the most popular brand in sport, Hench. I'll thank you to a lot. Some teams right. need a little more. There's a greater fan base out there for some teams. I'm sorry, you don't understand. You had a hated dynasty. I had a beloved one. So that's the result. Saints at the Panthers. Saints again, a road favorite. Jameis and company, minus three and a half in Charlotte. How say you, Hench? I guess it's not. Total 44. You can't, you can't, you can't tell our, our degenerate listeners to stay away from every game. Hey, kids, stay away. Uh, but I, I got I got to think literally every single thing the Saints did in week one worked, including getting sacked. Jameis gets sacked on the cleanest hit in NFL history, 15-yard penalty. Like, like you, the strike zone has gotten so small, and I, I believe it was Zedarius. I can't remember which Smith it was, but, like, he hits dead center of the strike zone, yeah, that's 15 yards. So the Saints. Yeah, that was the loco. State, that no was loco. The Saints, and you always forget, like, thank God that game was a blowout. But when you watch these games, you're like, oh, 
At any second, this game could be ruined by a horrible officiating. You, you forget, you get caught up in the game and you're like, you're, you're at the mercy of, of people who are bad at their jobs. Um, but I just think a week after every single thing going right for your team, I always hate that when it's my team. And so you go in, uh, division game, I would take the points. I thought Darnold looked okay. I guess I would take the points, but mostly I would stay away. I, I, I hear you on both sides. I, I, I like the Saints. That's a great roster. I, you know, I think uh, Sean Payton kind of knew what he had. I think he had to push Jameis. Um, I, this isn't 2020 hindsight either. I, this is what I believed all the way. I didn't think Taysom Hill was ever realistically going to get the starting gig. I think he had to push Jameis to earn it. Jameis did. It's an upgrade in some regards. I know, you know, pre-snap, whatever, Drew Brees, one of the greatest, but practically speaking, it's nice to have a guy at the trigger who can throw it past 25 yards. So I think there's a a gain there for the Saints. I don't love the pass catchers that Jameis has to work with. I'm going to take the Saints. Like I say, the total on that feels a little low at 44 and a half. Spaghetti, uh, who you got in that one? I like the future of the Panthers, but uh, I, hand up, I was dead wrong about the Saints. I mean, the the Packers' defensive pieces are better than the Panthers' defensive pieces, and this Jameis looks like FSU Jameis. I mean, I don't know what he's done in the offseason, the LASIK, whatever it is, not creating turnovers. He was awesome. Uh, I think this is an easy pick. I'm shocked the line actually isn't bigger than what it is right now, so I like the Saints in this one. Um, but let's go quick. Broncos, Jags. Um, oh boy, Wheels already seem off in Duval County, so I'll take the road team uh, laying the five and a half. Hench? Again, I like the point. I don't like it. I'll take the points in that home dog. You know, I mean, the the underdogs went 12 and four in, in week one. And and uh, so in order to to uh, to win uh, uh, these bets, you have to bet on bad teams. Like if you're going to like. Every time you do a blink and you look and go, well, that team's better than that team. Broncos are better than the Jags. Then you'll then you'll be like me and you'll go five and ten. You have to take some of these shitty teams with the with the number. And so um, Denver back to back weeks. I don't know if they. I'm sure they went home between games. Travel. You're right. That's a lot of points. You're so right. Bridgewater. What am I thinking? Teddy B is their QB. No, I have to go back to your original point. It's another stay away, Jerry, everybody. We'll we'll actually start betting these. As Jerry we go. Judy no. out. Yeah, you're kind of right, but I don't know. That was a pretty gross performance down there for Herb. So uh, a huge game for his personal brand, you would think, if nothing else. Spaghetti, quick pick on that one. Uh, I still have the the Jaguars, although I think this game is going to tell us a lot about the Broncos because I could have been wrong about them. I think Teddy B actually could be better than what I perceived. I think even the loss of Judy, uh, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, sure. uh, Noah Fant will fill in the gaps. And Melvin Gordon, I guess, is not dead. He's still a serviceable running back with Javante Williams. And they're, you know, uh, obviously they're going to get better when Chubb comes back too on defense. Uh, I think they could be good. I still like the Jags in this one. I think the Jags will get right. I think Trevor Lawrence has a nice day, but uh, they won't. But uh, yeah, in the future, I think the Broncos are better. This than might surprise you, Jack. This might okay. surprise you, but Spaghetti and I still like the Giants week one against the Broncos. We still like it. We still like it. <laughs> oh, you missed the podcast earlier in the week there, Hench. He he conceded. He Jerry Orbacked it when he was Oh, wrong. my God. He said so, he was you wrong. Know, he's, he's, you, he's done with it. When you're it. watching all the games, you obviously can only listen. You know, you can watch them all, but you can only listen to one, right? So it's like, who who are you listening to? And uh, I, I I moved around a little bit on Sunday, but by by the the late games, 
I was listening to Schlereth, I'm pretty sure. And it's so it's the Giants have seven points late in the third quarter. And Schlereth does two and a half minutes on what a great job Jason Garrett's doing. I'm like, wait, wait a second. (laughs) Hold on. I haven't been paying that much attention. But there's one thing I like in my OCs. It's points. Points to me is a good measure of an offensive coordinator. So he's like, he's like, Jason Garrett's really, oh, he's skewing. He's pushing all the right buttons. Well, not all the right buttons. They have seven points with 30 (laughs) seconds left in the third quarter. So then sure enough, DJ breaks the pocket. It's like, I mean, I think they were down one score at the time, right? And it's like, he's so, he's so good. He's running. He's, he's getting, gets the first down. And it's not even, it was one of those fumbles you don't really see until the guys jump on it. You're like, oh, I guess he did his Daniel Jones thing. Oh, that poor and, dude. And it's that like, so it was dude. a perfect, it was the perfect punctuation mark to the like, Jason Garrett's got him on the move. This is going to be awesome. Here he goes. Up, up, up. Yep, same old, same old Daniel Jones, same old Jason Garrett, same old Giants. Um, oh well, an interesting game. For some reason, this one always will make me think of the season-ending catch by David Boston that eliminated the Vikings from the playoffs way back when. That's got to be eighteen years ago now. Either way, Vikings in Arizona once again. Um, the home team looking mighty in Week One in Nashville. This time, they're giving three and a half to their visitors. Too low, right, Hench? Uh, you know, it's funny when like some people see a line like that and they go, that's too low. I'm going to take the Cardinals. But I think I, I think that's a smart thing. Hench. you're smart. I think, I think you're right. Sal, I think you're right. I can't go against them. But you're right. always going. No, 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 no. You go. That line should be six and a half. It's three and a half. Oh, so we take the Cardinals, right? No, no. Somebody knows something somewhere. And uh, I, I can't. The Cardinals were so bad coming down the stretch last year, and they looked so good in Week One. Uh, I, I, I like the Vikings. I like Dalvin Cook to uh, to test that defense. Um, but maybe you know, maybe your your vaccine thing. Well, actually, this is vax. This is anti-vax v anti-vax, right? Or did did Nuke uh, come around? I don't, you know what? I don't know that we ever paid that one off specifically, but yeah, Kirk Cousins, I mean, you can feel it just in the commentary from his teammates that they're, that they don't love that guy being the, the man. I don't know. I'm, I'm I, now you've, spooked me. you're right. <laughs> the Vikings are the smart pick here. I'm going to leave that one. We're going to skip Falcons Buccaneers because they're the Buccaneers should should yeah. whip up on that one. We don't need to try and figure out why the Falcons might cover that. Maybe they will because Matt Ryan sometimes shows up in big games against really good teams. Cowboys and Chargers we talked about. Titans at Seahawks is an interesting game in that the Titans now, uh, the, the prohibitive favorite to win the AFC South, are looking at it 0-2 hole. They still are in a lousy division, though, so things should work out there. Seahawks looked really good in week one. Is that six and a half? My eyes are so bad. I can't even read. Up in Seattle, long trip across the country. Bud Dupree still having some issues with the knee from uh, from what I read. 54 and a half is the total on that one. Hench, give us a quick pick on I that. Like so we can tit- do the, uh, I like the Titans. I already game picked the Titans plus the points. Not Trying not to overreact to week one. I don't think yeah. the number was as high as your failing eyes uh, just said. 
But I've got, I've I'm going to take out the glasses for it. Six and a it half says, is the number. Okay, yeah, six it and says a half. six on uh, on my screen, which is probably why I took the took the Titans. That's too much. Too much. The Titans. Well, I mean, when you now you start throwing out like maybe somebody knows something. Now, now you you look at everything with a cynical eye. It's, it, it, it's too much. You got to go with your gut. Um, spaghetti, give me your pick on that one. Well, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I, I've said in this pod before that I like Russell Wilson to be in the MVP race. I think he will win the MVP this year. I thought the, the Seahawks were getting a little disrespected about the whole NFC West uh, in this offseason. Reversely, the Titans, I think, number one, Derrick Henry, the mileage is going to hit him. I think this could be year we see a, a decline, maybe a sharp true. decline. And and the loss of Arthur Smith, I mean, I know he went to Atlanta, didn't do much in week one either, but I think his role, the Titans, like they made the offense uh, fun and interesting, obviously with Vrabel's defensive-minded head coach. So I think that hurt, that loss hurts too, and I, I still like the Seahawks to win this one. As long as the line's under a touchdown, I'm cool. Add this to my best bets. Ready? Here you go. Titans on the money line, plus two to 245. That's uh, that's the bet there. They're going to go in there and I win agree. outright. Chiefs, Chiefs at the Ravens. Um, lost some of its luster. Every, I listen. I know that I'm a. I, I think you guys know too. I like the Steelers, but and I. But it doesn't mean I hate other teams. I, I I don't hate the Baltimore Ravens. I hate the Philadelphia Flyers and the New York Islanders and Penn State. Uh, if I hated any team in pro football, it'd be the Patriots. But as constituted, that they don't. Even, I don't hate them anymore. I just hate what they did to the Steelers in uh, the early part of this millennium. Now that being said. Lamar Jackson's offensive line goes to crap. And all you hear now is like, poor guy, poor guy. What's Lamar going to do? He can't, he can't, can't uh, hold him accountable. He has no offensive line. He's not protected. We got to do a uh, poor Lamar. What are we going to do? Same exact thing that you would say about Ben Roethlisberger a year ago. The conclusion is Ben Roethlisberger sucks. I think you all suck. That's what I think. And I also think that Lamar Jackson, I feel bad because I said it all summer long that they didn't have good depth at, at the line of scrimmage, offensively or defensively. That would be their undoing. And now all these injuries are proving me right, so I hate to pat myself on the back about it. But the Chiefs, minus three and a half in Charm City. This feels almost too easy given the state of, uh, of the Ravens. Hench, how say you? I'm going to take the home dog again. Oh. Um, uh, you know, it's funny. You, you're you're a little all over the map, which I appreciate because I am too. But About what? one thing, you you made a very cogent argument. I mean, and, and you, you've been talking about the Chargers winning the AFC West. Uh, and then mm. you were pointing out dates on the calendar where the Chiefs would have to stumble in order for your Chargers to win the AFC. Week three, when they play the Chargers, that's where they'll West. stumble. And uh, I feel like the th- this this could be a stumble for the Chiefs. Um, you know, is Lamar going to put the ball on the ground twice every week? You know, I mean, it, it, it was that was a pretty fluky result Monday night. And I think if the result, most of that game was the result we expected. Like we're watching the Ravens are a little better than the Raiders. They're going to win a road game and and had they won that road game, there there wouldn't there wouldn't be such hysteria in in Baltimore and uh and and so, you know, I think uh Ravens at home getting three and a half. They have to move Alejandro Villanueva over to left tackle cuz Ronnie Stanley is out now. I mean, what what are they going to do? By the way, the thing about Lamar Jackson that 
the thing I always celebrate most about him, you know, electric and Mike Vick kind of speed. When when you watch a guy run away and juke and humiliate world class athletes to the degree that Lamar Jackson does, it's it's striking stuff. The issue practically is, though, when he attacks and, and, and gets around the edge, that's what, where he gets super duper dangerous. Well, he's not he's limited in his ability to do that with an outside rush on him at either side. So he was trying to run up the middle a lot of the times and he was getting off. But he also fumbled. I don't think he's going to fumble the ball a couple of times every game. But also he's going to get beaten up. Well, that's, that's a different part, pass. You know, that's Josh Allen kind of rugged running that he's not built to do. That, he can't that's do that the part of the equation that's games. not you know, that's not a one week calculation. That's a long-term calculation, right. and and I do totally agree that the problem with this Ravens team is your best play is not a play you want to run two hundred times. Like you should, you exactly. should want to run your best play hundreds of times a season. You know whether it's student body right or Edelman over the middle or whatever you want. You want to call this play constantly as a security blanket. Well, your security blanket is going to end this guy's career. Your security blanket is going to get this guy blasted over and over again. And he, you know, he does carry the loaf of bread pretty loose once he breaks contain. Maybe two fumbles isn't that aberrant. So I agree long term, the Ravens seem a little stuck. Like, I don't think this formula can work. But this week... Butker wins on a field goal at the at the horn, and and you you win your money with your three and a half. Okay, you're not crazy, uh, Spaghetti. Quick uh, pick from you here. I think this is going to be a blowout Ooh. on the Chiefs' end. It's going to be a boring game. Uh, Dave, you already said it with a bunch of injuries in the Ravens. There's no real run game to be found there. I guess the one bright spot is that Hollywood Brown is the clear-cut number one. He's probably coming to his own finally after a few seasons. Uh, he had a decent game, but I, I think Andy Reid knows that there's no run game. They'll game plan to stop the pass attack because the Chiefs are not going to stop scoring points, and there's no one in the Ravens to stop them. And, uh, you know, people have been saying, like, oh, the game versus the Browns is close. The Chiefs won. And you know what elite teams do? They find ways to win games. Plus, Plus, Tyron Matthews coming back, too. Is I think this, wait, just a oh. quick question. Is this our new format where we talk about every game and we don't we don't talk about? No, I guess we don't have to. The, what do you want to do? Go ahead. They, we're at the end now. Uh, like, uh, Spaghetti sends out all these interesting things. The Rolling Stone top 500. Uh, all right. Uh, listen, friend. OK, we don't have to be done. We're done with our okay. picks. How about well, I, that? What do you want to talk about? Spaghetti Norm sends out the music? breakdown. It says Rolling Stone top 500 songs and then shit. Chef decides that he's the producer and we're going to do our top 500 picks. Okay. Um, (laughs) We're picking football games. All right, let's let's have at it. First subject. What what do you want to do? Dealer's choice, Hench. Or in fact, you can. I don't have it. I don't have anything prepared. Norm? (laughs) Norm. Norm McDonald. Norm. Let's. Oh, my God. You know, real quick on Norm, because we've fucking done an hour and a half here. Um, Could there be a better legacy than incredibly talented, funniest guy you've ever met, nicest human being you've ever met? Like, you know, these these eulogies, these, you know, anyone I had the pleasure of meeting him twice. And it's like, you know, they say that about Paul McCartney, too, like got five minutes for everybody and, and, and everybody leaves thinking the same thing. That guy's a nice guy. And so, I mean, obviously the bits, the jokes, the late night appearances, uh, you you just, 
I've spent 48 hours watching the fucking crocodile hunter jag on the daily show is you're just crying. The, the moth joke on Conan, uh, there's just a million of them. I mean, his Charles Woodson Espy's joke. It's the greatest Espy's joke of all time. Such a legend. But like beyond that, people are just like, what, a, what a good guy. So obviously taken way, way too soon, but given that we all have to go sometime better that, you know, better, probably, definitely to be taken too soon and have the world uniformly regard you the way people regard Norm than to to live to however fucking long Ty Cobb lived and have three people at your funeral going, this guy was a prick. Like, you know, right? Completely agree. And the only regret I have with that is, is that I just wish we could... There's so much always going on the day to day. I feel like too many people miss these celebrations. And I, I, I would like for Adam Sandler did a great thing that nobody really took him to task for, nor should they have. But his last big stand up special, whatever that was, 18 months, time all runs together, 18 months, 36 months ago, something like that. And it was the way it, re- it was punctuated by the song about Farley, which was his tribute to his great pal, funny pal, beloved by all who knew him. Um, but if you go back and you watch that, it's really like him just playing the greatest hits, which basically then is a celebration of self. Like, this is what I've given to the world and everybody ate it up. And Adam Sandler, I'm sure at the end of it felt good. I wish everybody could do that. I hope hench for all the laughs you give people. You know, I mean, it's not that you're a funny guy. It's that you're a great guy. Eddie Spaghetti, you're well, a great guy. Like, I mean, you'll like, come up with some funny oh stuff God. eventually. But sh- but you know, I but you should get- have marked it because you know, obviously, we consumed so much football over the weekend. But one of the analysts, uh, I wish I could remember it, got it backwards. He said he it might have been Monday night. Oh, was it greasy? I'm not going to have it. But one of the millions of voices that were rattling around my head during the football weekend got it backwards and said he's a great guy but he's an even better football player. <laughs> no, no, that's not how that's supposed to go. <laughs> well, maybe okay. he meant it exactly so, that way. <laughs> uh, he averages four and a half yards of carry, so he's below that as a, as a human being is what you're saying. But, uh, yeah. I mean, from a professional standpoint, uh, I think it was Michael Shore who said it, uh, the showrunner, uh, said, um, what would you want more from a professional standpoint? Then it's not like, let me explain the nuance of why this is so funny. It's just all it was was just like, here's another clip. Here's another clip. I mean, like, that's all you need to to see uh, the bona fides with that. But yes, personally, having met him, he was very nice to me. I No doubt he knew, at least as well as I did, that like, who is this schnook and why is he in my company in my writer's room? How how the hell did we get to this place <laughs> in life that I have to listen to this guy pitch stuff? But he liked me well enough to treat me well and be kind to me and to have some laughs with me and watch a ball game or a few with me. And uh, and you're exactly right. And as we always say, I know it's uh, it almost sounds glib or whatever, but it's just as easy to be nice to people as it is to be mean. It takes the same amount of energy. So there's no reason yeah, to be less, a jackass. I would say less. Yeah, I'm trying to bring it all way. home here, bring it all together here on the minus three as, as I have to get back to my day job. But um, so there's this great norm quote that's going around the internet about all the joy life had given him and how many times life 
surprised him with how much joy there was to be had in life. And then he ended that quote by saying, don't be a cynic. It's a sin. And I think about your thing with the heads and the tails and saying heads to life and being positive and leaning into the joy of life. And, uh, you know, let's let's just let's leave them with Norm Macdonald's message, man. I mean, life has so many joys. Now, sure, most of my bets aren't going to cover. But you got to look. I was just going to say, can I, I just want to do like 12, 15 more minutes on the Steelers and then we <laughs> will, then that's we'll be joy done. for you. That's joy for you. Torture for us. Uh, joy some, for you. Sometimes. All right. We'll wrap it up because we've gone way too long anyway, and we'll have another bite at the apple down the line, maybe around the uh, baseball postseason. but muzzle tub again, and uh, make sure you do consume uh, wherever you can track it down. Once upon a time in Queens gangbusters documentary from cousin Sal and Jimmy Kimmel. Great stuff with that. Good stuff. Eddie Spaghetti, Muzzletov on the uh, new show, Waiver Wire. Make sure you're checking that out. Uh, make sure you're making all your bets. FanDuel.com slash minus three. The word minus the number three. And follow along all the fun. Extra Points Network. Make sure you're betting on the arcade there at uh, extrapoints.com and following uh, along the fun with us. At minus three pod is how you track us down. And we'll be back after the weekend to break down everything we saw and everything you will be seeing in next week something like that anywho until then thanks so much sports fans it's been a thin slice of heaven